Good morning, Assembly family. Come on, let's worship the Lord today. Come on, let's sing it together. I close my eyes and colors fly. There's no hiding from your grace. I can't deny your heart for mine, and it's unrelenting. I was on the edge of the steps, caught up in my own hesitation. I did
for your presence that's here today. God, we commit these next few moments. God, to focusing our hearts and our attention on you. You're the reason we've gathered here in this place today. We give you all honor, all glory, and all praise today. There's a grace. There's a grace when the heart is under fire. Another way when the walls are closing in. And when I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning, I know I will never be. Come on, we sing today. There was another in the fire Standing next to me There was another in the arms Holding back the same Should I even be reminded Of how I've been set free There is a cross that bears me through Where another died for me There is another No. 
we sing his name there is no other name but the name that is Jesus and who was and still is and will be through it all so come on man this place between all the things to see and this reckoning I know I will never be Because I know that's where you 
God, I'm so grateful this morning that the initiator and the perfecter of our faith is undefeated in every battle that he's ever faced. God, I'm so grateful in my heart this morning that that also means that no matter what battles I face in life, they will always be defeated because of what he did. This morning we celebrate our champion. We celebrate the champion of the world. Not even death, not even hell, not even the grave could defeat him. So now we live in this reality. We live in this reality that even in the hardship, that even in circumstances that are opposed to us, we will always have the victory because of our champion. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. You are our champion, our champion. Oh, you are my champion. Giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle you want, I am who you say I am. You crown me with confidence, I am seated in the heavenly place, undefeated. As one body, can we sing this together? You are my champion, you are my Giants fall when you Every battle you want I am Say I am You crown me with confidence I am seated In the heavenly place Undefeated With the one who has conquered it all Tried so hard to see it. Took me so long to believe it. That you choose someone like me to carry your victory. Perfection could never earn it. You give what we don't deserve it. Take the broken things and raise them to glory. You are my champion. Giants fall when you every battle you
God the praise for the victory that's in his name. Lord, all of our attention is on you because you are the one who has won the victory. You are our champion today, and I pray that you just bring strength, help, hope, and power into every heart, into every person gathered here today and watching online. Just minister the victory that we have in you. And everybody said, hey, one more time to our champion, Jesus Christ. He is worthy of our highest praise. He's so good faithful, merciful. Come on. We praise you, Jesus. Thank God. Amen. It's great to be in church. It's great to be together, worshiping Jesus. Greet those that are near you. Give them the best smile of the day. Make them feel welcome to church today as you're seated. Hey, this young man right here has been an awesome leader in our church. He and his family, they're having to move to a different city, but I'm telling you, as a young man, he has served Jesus, served the vision of this church, and I am just so proud of you and your whole family. Let's show some love. Love you, man. Bless you, buddy. Shout outs. Matthew 25 is where we focus today in our series, Walk It Out. It says, at the time, the kingdom of heaven, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. Let me pause and make sure we understand that they all had oil in their lamps, but the foolish took no extra. The wise ones, according to verse 4, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. A midnight cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out and meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. When Jesus gave parables, it was to teach truth. So you look at the main characters, the metaphors in the parable, and they transfer to being such 
an undeniable message. You can't miss it. First of all, in this parable, there's a groom. This groom has gone away. He's preparing a place. And when he gets everything ready for the wedding, he's going to return. Different than our culture. In our culture, you know, the bride goes and starts all the planning and then says yes to the dress, hundreds, thousands of dollars. The guys are going to needatux.com, $69.99. It's just so different. But there, it's the groom who's making all the preparation. And when the groom had prepared the place, he would return to receive the bride and the wedding banquet would begin. The story of scripture speaks of Jesus and Jesus, the groom, represents Jesus. Jesus has told us that he will go away and prepare a place for us. And he will without doubt come again when the time is right and receive us. Many times throughout the scripture, the church is called the bride of Christ. In this parable, there are 10 virgins. Let's talk about them for a moment. They all had lamps. They all had oil. They all were waiting. They represent the church. They represent the church that the groom is coming back for. It says that they all fell asleep. I want to make sure that we understand that the five foolish virgins were not people disinterested in the coming of Jesus, not obstinate toward the gospel. These are people very interested who were waiting and at one time were ready, but they lost that readiness. They ran out of that alertness of the coming of the groom. It says that they all fell asleep. Many people may approach this text and say, this represents a church that has gone to sleep. Like there's part of the church ready and then there's part of the church that's in a spiritual slumber. The Bible does talk about spiritual slumber. It's a serious issue. But in this passage, this is not about a slumbering church. This is about where the groom was a long time in coming back. And so this is a picture of just life. Life happens day and night. Season gives way to season. And so there's activity and there's rest. There's when we're wide awake and when we're sound sleeping. And, and it's just showing, regardless, be ready. See, when they heard the call of the groom, the focus was not placed on that they went to sleep. Oh, no, we fell asleep. The focus was on the oil. Being ready. The five that were wise were ready. He may come at night and you may awaken out of your sleep to the coming of the Lord. It may be in the middle of the day. The point is not if it's in the middle of the night and you're asleep or the middle of the day and you're awake. The point is, are you ready? So that's an important takeaway from this parable. So I want to talk about two major questions that come from this parable that will allow us then to frame up some steps so we can walk it out. The first question is this, are you willing to stay ready? So this is a question to every Christian in the room. Are you willing to stay 
ready. As you know, it's human nature to drift. It's human nature to lose the cutting edge of alertness. Are we willing to stay ready? If so, I think some steps we can take start with just keep pressing in to the truth that Jesus is coming. I keep learning. One out of every 30 verses in the Bible speak to end time events. Keep reading them. It'll help keep your heart alert. It will help you clear out all of the distractions and know that with everything going on, here's what remains true. Jesus is coming. And I want to keep my heart ready for his return. So much that I believe this so much. I want to take next weekend and I'll spend every sermon doing an exposition of Revelation chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, which is all about the rapture, when Jesus comes for his bride. Let me give you just a glimpse of it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. Here's the sequence. And the dead in Christ will rise first. If a Christian dies, their body gets placed in a grave. But the moment their heart stops beating, their spirit goes immediately into the presence of God. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. There's not a gap. There's not a waiting. There's not a holding immediately in the presence of God. At the rapture of the church, these bodies are coming up out of the grave. And there will be a reuniting of the spirit with the body, that body re-engineered for all eternity. That is going to happen. Watch verse 17. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them. So the reunion starts right there. If you have a loved one that's already in heaven, at the rapture, the reunion will begin. For we will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Whether by resurrection or by rapture, if you know Jesus, there is coming a day caught up in Latin and in Greek. Give the clear truth of rapture. Jesus is coming and we who know him, we will be caught up, raptured to meet the Lord in the air. And then let's capture the last sentence. And so we will be with the Lord forever because when you got saved, it was the gift of eternal life. This is awesome, encouraging truth. Keep putting your heart in that truth. It will help you stay alert to the coming of Jesus. You'll, you'll walk in that. Now, I will get into a timeline with you next week, but as this dramatic experience of a full eternity unfolds, we come to that place that is talked about in Revelation 21, verse 4, where he, the Lord, will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. That means that death, mourning, crying, and pain don't get the last word. You can look in about any direction right now, and you can find death is happening there's grief, there's pain at all in so many different ways and levels. There's sickness, 
Uh, we will attend the homegoing service of my uncle tomorrow. You know, death is happening. But I want to tell you, none of that gets the last word. We know how this story is going to end. And so I want to say it again. God himself will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Why? Because there will be no more death, mourning, crying, or pain for the old order. This limited, twisted, broken world will give way to the new order of things in the presence of God in a place called heaven that he's prepared for us. Give him a great, passionate praise today. That's our hope. Never another funeral, never another diagnosis, not even a headache, no stress. We will be in that place that he has prepared for us. And if you will keep putting your heart in the scriptural truth of the coming of the Lord, it supports an alertness, a focus, and you walk ready. The second step we would take is preparation. We understand preparation. If you have to get surgery, there's a preparation that's done leading up to that surgery. If you find out you're having a baby, there's preparation that starts. If you're going to buy a house, there's preparation. Getting your house ready to sell, you sell the house, you have the closing, you find where you're going to move. There's all kind of preparation in every facet of life. If you're going to get married, preparation begins. And because this parable is talking about a wedding feast and is using that as a way to cause us to think about the end times, you understand the prep that goes in from the point that you get engaged until the wedding date. And so we, we are reminded here, keep preparing. Keep pre what would it mean to prepare for the coming of the Lord? All right, let's go back to the focus of the parable. It was oil. Oil in the scripture is always speaking of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that gets a hold of your heart and makes you realize you need Jesus as your Savior. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in your heart and makes real to you the relationship that you share with Jesus. Makes the word of truth come alive to you. There's an inner reality that your relationship with Jesus is authentic you have faith, you have joy, you have this confidence, you have this life. Jesus says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life. So a Christian is not just someone existing. Everybody alive has a heartbeat. This word life is speaking of a fulfillment, vitality, dynamic, purpose, sense of destiny, that, that we are people of life. And what makes that an inner reality is the oil. It's the Holy Spirit. As you interact through the presence of the Holy Spirit, Jesus becomes more profound in your life. Paul said it like this, even the older you get and the outward man is perishing, the inward man is getting made new every day. And my voice gave way because I'm getting old. But the inner man is getting stronger. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is always new, doing that which is new. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of newness. The mercies are new 
every day. Every day with Jesus is better than the day before. Why? Because of the oil, the Holy Spirit. And so the way we would stay ready for the return of Jesus is keep that fresh relationship through the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. You want to know the cost of that oil? It's time and discipline, time in prayer, time in your devotions through the word and time in worship, time to go to church. Like what you're doing right now, you've set aside time and this is allowing the Holy Spirit to keep you fresh, ready, at your best. You see, I, if I want a better me, I don't work on me. I, I keep my eyes on Jesus. He's the one that makes me better. We're living in a world of self-help, and I'm not raining on that. Go, you know, on Amazon. There are millions of books on self-help. But if you want to change, I would submit that you should look into transformation through the power of the Spirit by the Word. And when the Word and Spirit come together, you'll become your best self, but not trying to be a better you, but by being transformed in the likeness of Jesus. We're growing and we're getting ready. So the cost of the oil is time and discipline to walk it out. Here's the question that helps us to think about priorities. If you knew right now that this time next week, 1142, Jesus would return, how would it change the way you live this week? And when we keep this relationship with the Holy Spirit fresh, you live with the thought of he could come today. And let me just step up here and say, my, my best pursuit of end time truth and clarity says that if you look at God's calendar, the next event on God's calendar is the rapture of the church. And if you've ever thought about being ready, now is the time. The truth, though, is the imminent return. He is coming. I don't know when. But it's imminent. And if I know he's coming and the Holy Spirit's fresh in my heart, he keeps me focused on he, it could be today. But if it's one week, one year, ten years, I'm going to keep this oil. I'm going to keep a fresh relationship with Jesus so that I'm as ready then as I've ever been. That's the focus of the text. Be ready. He could come right now. Be ready, it may be five years. Paul wrote 1 Thessalonians to people that thought they had missed it. He's like, you haven't missed it. He's coming, be ready. When I was a child, I grew up in a church that kept the profound, imminent return of Jesus in front of us. And I feel that the comfort of this country has caused us to drift from the need of heaven because it's so comfortable here. And I'm asking God to forgive me of taking my eyes off of the soon return of Jesus. And if all this craziness that's happening in culture right now will attach us back to the imminent return, then we're getting some good out of all of this evil. Jesus is coming. 
So let's press our hearts into that. And if you knew he was coming, how would you live? It's a word of priority. Let's walk in those steps. Here's number three. Let's work. In Matthew 9, Jesus was doing ministry. and All of these people would gather around him and miracles were happening. And he looked at his disciples and he said these words. The harvest is plentiful. Man, let, let these words get a hold of you today. It's the workers that are few. The prayer is not, oh God, help people to be ready for salvation. The prayer is, oh God, let the Christians care enough to go work in the harvest that is ready. And the oil, the relationship you have with the Holy Spirit, according to the book of Acts, is first and foremost to empower us to be a witness to our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. We call it neighbors and nations. Church, let's be busier than we have ever been. The imminent return of Jesus was never to make us just walk around, just look up, let's just huddle. No, it's to come together like this, get freshly inspired, blessed, empowered, then we break out of this huddle and we go to our mission field and because we're empowered of the Holy Spirit, our dispersing becomes more powerful than our gathering. We live in all of these neighborhoods and we have all this influence. And so let's work until Jesus comes. The reason we work is because the parable teaches us the truth that there will come a time the door will shut. That leads to the second question. Are you ready? If Jesus came today, would you be left behind? In Matthew 24, just before this parable, the Bible speaks of end times and he says, it will be like two people that are at work and one is taken and one is left because one's ready and one's not. Which one are you? Are you ready? What happens to the sinner who is not ready? I want to help you today because we've looked at what happens with a Christian who dies. We've looked at what's going to happen with the Christian who is alive at the coming of the Lord. Let's ask the question, what if, for whatever reason, you reject Jesus and you die? Or you reject Jesus and you're still alive at the rapture? Revelation 20 will answer the question. Starting at verse 11, then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. That sentence teaches us that this throne is described as white to speak of the majesty and the holiness of the one, him who was seated on it, which is Jesus. The one who is worthy to make the kind of decisions that are being made at this judgment seat. And in fact, he's really just 
following through on what he had set in motion. It's really the decisions that were not made by those around the white throne that creates the action step that you're about to see. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. Like there's no getting away from this. I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. So your life, your decision-making process is all recorded. You say, how is that possible? We know now, don't we? Because if you have social media... If you are online, every text, everything you look at, everything is recorded. Algorithms are used because the way social media platforms make money is to sell your attention. It's the first time ever that they can, they can market our attention. They know exactly what I'm most likely to look at because of my track record. So if I Googled global warming and you Google global warming, what I'm going to see will be different than you. There's no standard. It's all relevant because the algorithms have formulated what most will appeal to me and what will be marketed to me is based on my attention because every single move I make online is recorded. Everything will be in these books and then we come to the book of life. Skipping to verse 13. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. When a person dies without Jesus, they go to Hades. At the great white throne, Hades will give up the dead. And if your name is not in the book of life, you wouldn't even be at the great white throne judgment if you were saved. And then it says, the lake of fire is the second death, and anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. I interpret that to be literal. It's a permanent hell. There can be no permanent heaven if there is not a permanent hell. The door is open, but the door will shut. When the door is shut, there's no getting in. This is not speaking of a God who is not loving. Let me talk to you and remind you, the love of God is so deep, so rich, so pure, that it's his heart that no one would perish, but that all would come to repentance. It's his heart that the whole world would know him. You want to know how much he loves you and how much he wants you saved? You look at the price he was willing to pay for your salvation. It cost his son, his only son, 
He loved me, you, so much that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ. Jesus loves us so much that he would be willing to come to this fallen earth, be tempted, yet without sin, give his life as a sacrifice, die by crucifixion. In that becoming sin, the one who knew no sin became sin that you and I might become the righteousness of God, meaning the door would swing wide open and whosoever who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's this most amazing love of God and over a person's life, regardless the years they get, there will be more opportunities than you can possibly count where the Holy Spirit is drawing, attracting, working with, putting your eyes on how vacant your heart is and how nothing you've tried has met that need and filled that vacancy. And he points you to Jesus. And if you receive him, you walk through that door. If you reject him, you keep in your own path. And over your life, if you continue in that rejection of the amazing grace and the many messages of that grace that come to you, you will end up at the great white throne judgment and your name will not be found in the book of life and you will be separated from God for eternity. Are you ready? You've got to understand what's happening at this throne it's people that have rejected God and they've sought other lesser gods trying to fill that vacancy in their heart that all of us have. The Bible says he's put eternity in our heart. No one can sit here in denial of what I'm talking about because God designed you in such a way that your own heart tells you. It tells you. You can choose not to believe it. The very fact that you would choose not to believe it is because you have a heart that's saying, why? You'll stand and you'll be in the presence of Jesus and mentally you're having every thought that you've ever wanted because you're being impacted by the presence of Jesus. Emotionally, you're experiencing the deepest fulfillment. Everything you were looking for in all of those other pursuits, you now have it. Emotionally, physically, spiritually, it's perfection. And that will be your last memory as you are separated from him for eternity. And the Bible says that this lake of fire, it's called hell, and it's a place where we will still have memory. Those there will still have memory. That's why there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth because there's the cognitive understanding of what could have been. And the last memory will be that, that's what I was, I rejected that, I rejected that. The door's open today. Are you ready? The walk it out step right here is just your faith in his grace. And as the worship team comes, hear this carefully. It's like a door is open before you. And if you'll put your faith in his grace, that choice is, I want to liken it to a step. 
and you step into a relationship with Jesus. It's free. He paid the price. It's by His grace. You just put your faith in His grace, and that's the transition. I'm a sinner, Lord. You are the Savior. You paid the price for my sins so that I could be forgiven of my sins so that I could have the gift of salvation, which is eternal life. And in that moment, my name is recorded in the book of life. And at the rapture of the church or by resurrection, I am ready to meet you and spend this full eternity where there will be no crying, no mourning, no pain or death. And I'll be in your presence forever. And I, I'm desperate for that. I long for that. So, Lord, I put my faith in your grace and you step through that open door. The day will come where that door will shut. Don't shut this message out. Jesus says it'll be in the last days like it was in the days of Noah. Noah preached righteousness and people just ignored it. They had no time for it. They were just living large. Oh, that's not true. That's his truth. It's not the truth. And then it started raining and the flood started rising. And they said, my God, that was the truth. And they ran to the ark, but the door of the ark was closed and people were left behind. Would you stand with me today? Would you close your eyes in the presence of God? The greatest choice you will ever make is the choice to accept Jesus. And I would like to give you that opportunity. Here in a moment, I will count to three. And if you'd say, I'd like to accept Christ, I want to pray with you. And I want to ask you at the count of three to raise your hand, to raise it immediately, quickly, and say, I would like to accept Christ. One. If you will open your heart to Jesus today, you will not only have the assurance of heaven, but you will have a relationship with Jesus and the joy, purpose, strength that comes for the challenges of life. Two, if you accept Jesus, you not only have the hope of heaven, but you avoid the horror of the lake of fire. I plead with you. I plead with you. I beg you. If, if I could make this choice for you, I would do it right now. When the foolish virgins realized they would run out of oil, they said, can we borrow some of yours? And they said, no. And the point is, you can't go to heaven on someone else's relationship with Jesus. No matter how godly your spouse, your mom, your dad, your grandparents, friends may be, they, they can't give you their spiritual life. It's a choice you've got to make. Today's the day of salvation. Come into the life that you've been longing for. Come into that experience of Jesus that really satisfies the soul. Get saved today. Don't wait. Don't wait another moment. In a minute, I'm going to say three. And if you want to accept Christ, I want your hand to go up. I want it to go up quickly and sincerely. And we will pray together. This will be the turning point. 
this will be the day of salvation for you. I think about all that's led up to this moment. How many prayers are riding on this moment? The providence of God is written over this day. Will you join your choice, your faith with his grace? If you say yes, then three. Would you put your hand up just as quickly as you can? That's it. One, I need you to keep them up, okay? That's it, raise them high. One, two, looking across, three, thank you. Four, five, keep raising them. Oh, thank you, God. Someone else, six, thank you, keep raising them. People are helping me, we're not gonna miss one person. Raise those hands quickly, raise them high. Seven, eight, nine. I want you to know that's the Lord's love that's drawing you. That's the Lord's love that's drawing you. You can put your hands down. And everybody look up here, we're about to take a step. Last night I gave this altar call, man, like tonight, like today, those hands went up. We have law enforcement officers that we have at every service because they're part of our security team. There was a law enforcement officer, he's part of our security team, but he wasn't supposed to work last night. The law enforcement officer that was supposed to be there couldn't. The person who was next up couldn't. So this officer was next up, third in line, he came. And when I gave this altar call last night, he walked the aisle and accepted Jesus as his savior. At first, at first when he walked the aisle, I thought he just wanted a better vantage point because there were people, you know, moving around. And as he got closer to the front, I saw the tears. And I looked at him like, and he's like, I wonder how many prayers had led up to that moment. I wonder how many prayers led up to the lifting of the hands I just saw. We are in a divine moment. This is amazing. We're just gonna communicate our repentance. The first verse of this song, it really speaks to both groups. If you wanna say, I wanna be ready, you just lifted your hand. When they start singing, I want you to come forward as quickly as you can. If you are the one who was once ready, but that oil, that relationship, you've grown cold, you've drifted, I want you to come forward and rededicate your life. I'm gonna lead in a prayer for salvation and a prayer of rededication. We're just gonna confess our sorrow in repentance and we're gonna experience the joy of salvation and a right relationship with Jesus. You ready? As I begin to sing, if you lifted your hand at the first note of this song, find the nearest aisle, let's go. If you lifted your hand, come as quickly as you can, that's it. Let's celebrate these people that are coming forward today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Stand right there. Stand right there. That's it. Stand right there. Praise God. If you lifted your hand, come today. There were many hands. There were many hands. Come today. If you want to rededicate your life, don't let your love for Jesus grow cold. Thank you, Jesus. I'm sorry. When I forgot, if you've forgotten, you get here. That's it. Come on up. Come on up. I open up my heart to you. 
If you need to be at the altar, you come today. You come today as we sing. And I'm sorry. And I'm just going through the motion. I'm sorry. And I just said another song. Take me back to where we started. I opened up my heart to you. And I'm sorry. When I come my agenda, I'm sorry. And I forgot that you're enough. Take me back to where we started. I opened up my heart. Come on, let's just all lift our hands and sing this. I'm caught up in your presence. And I'm caught up in your presence. And I just want to sing. I'm caught up in Oh, I never want to leave. I'm not here. I'm not here for blessing. You don't owe me anything. Jesus, you don't owe me anything. More than anything that you I just want you. They're just going to keep singing that softly. I feel the Lord's drawing people. We're going to pray here in a moment. I'm Your so presence. If you need to be here, would you come today? Just come. I just want to see at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to follow this leading that's in my heart here in a moment if you know the person next to you if you know them you have that relationship where you can just look at them and say if you feel for any reason that you want to go and pray I'll go with you if they say yes it'll give them confidence just say let's go together and so right now just if you know that person just look and say if you want to go pray and just begin to sing, and if that is the yes, come on. I'm caught up in your presence, and I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to Just a few more moments. I'm sorry when I've just gone through the motions. I'm sorry. 
prayer of salvation and then I'll, I'll move right into a prayer of rededication all of us in the room are going to repeat this you repeat it we just want to repeat it as an encouragement to you the Bible says this is that confession of your mouth and the faith of your heart and out of that sincerity as you pray this prayer those of you that are here for salvation you will be saved as you surrender your heart afresh there will be that right relationship restored with Jesus so repeat after me Dear Jesus, I open my heart to you. I believe in you. I thank you for taking my place, dying in my place for my sins, rising again that I could be saved. I ask you to come into my heart, forgive my sins, and make me a new person. I want to follow you in this relationship I thank you for the gift of eternal life, the assurance that I will be in heaven, the power of walking with you now. Thank you, Jesus, for this amazing moment in my life. Jesus, I rededicate my life to you today. Forgive me of compromise. Be restored as the Lord of my heart. I will walk in step with you and I will honor you with my life. Thank you for your mercy and love. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I just want to say for a moment that I watch the sincerity when you walk down and you, never the same again after today it's not about perfection we all what's happening is so real it's not about age it's about sincerity failure is never falling down it's staying down Jesus is forming me into the person and as you rededicate your life to him, as you get saved, if you miss the mark, it's like falling forward. He's there and as you say, Lord, I need your help, I confess this, he picks you back up and you keep moving forward. This is a journey, that's why we call this walking it out. And we wanna take these steps with you. Every one of these leaders will talk to you about great opportunities of how we can help you grow in this relationship as you walk it out in victory. Amen. And I just want to honor you for your choice 
today to come to this altar and to pray for salvation, rededication, and to know that all of heaven, all of heaven has broken out into a celebration. The Bible says even if one person repents. And so imagine what heaven is like right now. And we join that celebration. We love you with the love of the Lord. Could you just turn around and look at everybody across the room? That's your family right there. That's your family. That's your family. I'm your brother. I'm your brother. I'm your brother. We're family. That's what it's all about. So make sure we get all the help to them we need. Isn't the Lord good? I think if you... Uh, we're impacted by this message. If we break down now next week, just the details of the rapture, I think it'll be very profound. And I hope that you will come back and I hope you will bring someone. And let's believe God for more and more people to get saved. Let's work hard this week in the harvest field. Amen. Let us have two minutes of your time. You don't even have to sit down. We're busy, right? We need to get to work. So welcome Pastor Nicole. She'll tell you what's happening this week and we'll be dismissed. Hey guys, it's so good to see you. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this is your first time with us online or in person, um, we would love to connect with you. Um, you can go to theassembly.org slash connect and fill out that form and we will get with you. Um, if you have been with us and you're ready to take your next step, Growth Track is the way that you do that. We go further faster here at the Assembly through Growth Track and it's right after this service. Um, down the hall and there's food and there's childcare. And so if you're ready, we're ready and we'll meet you there. Um, this last week we had an amazing turnout for our midweek activities and this next week is gonna be no exception. So tomorrow night we have our Monday night groups. They're listed for you. And if you come to a Monday night group, please register um, your children so that we have enough people to watch them. Um, and then our Wednesday night activities, we have a Wednesday prayer group, and then we have Wednesday traditional Bible study, um, and Brother Don is leading a series on prophecy there. And then we have an opportunity for our parents of littles and mids um, to come and sit in the presence of the Lord and just to refresh midweek. You guys, if you're a parent and life is crazy busy, come, get the word, sit and let the Lord rejuvenate you for the next couple of days. And we'd love to see you there. You guys have been a generous church. You're so giving and we love you so much. You know how to give. There are some ways on the screen. If you're online, that's right in front of you as well. You guys in the room, you can give as you go. It is so good to see you. Have the very best day and you're dismissed.